0: Welcome to the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show, where we talk all things fantasy football. From player news, rankings, projections, and even trade advice. Everything to help you win your fantasy football league. And now, your hosts, Bob and Rob. Hey
1: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show. I am your host, Bob. And as always, I have my co-host Rob. Rob, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. What's up? Long time no uh, no speaky speak.
2: It's exciting to be back on the mic with you, man.
1: Yeah, I hear you, man. We uh, I had a little bit of uh, time off, had a couple of uh, vacations to take, and uh, been doing a lot of work on the uh, on the website and rankings over at dynastyprosfootball.com. I encourage everybody to go check us out over there. Um, but uh, you know, what about you, Rob, man? What do you got coming up this weekend?
2: Oh, man. I don't know. I got some people coming in here shortly, so I may be having to mute out uh, for a little bit. But for the most part, just having some people over, neighbor across the street's like, hey, I went to Pennsylvania, bought a bunch of illegal fireworks it's, that we're going to shoot off here. So hopefully I don't get arrested.
1: Um, are you going to be socially distancing or are you going to wear a mask?
2: Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm calling BS on both of those. Sure.
2: We're going to be uh... – yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, hey, I'm really excited about today's show. We're going to be doing a, a, uh, a mock draft, a rookie mock draft, a standard one-quarterback, full PPR uh, rookie draft here. And I've got some guys uh, from over at DynastyProsFootball.com. Uh, first, we have Tommy Harvey from over at Dynasty Pros. You can follow him at Dynasty Pros Tom. Uh, on twitter hey uh, tommy how you doing man
2: i'm doing
1: i'm doing great buddy how are you man we're doing all right brother just excited to get this uh this draft underway man
3: i feel you i've been looking forward to it
1: yeah we've got you uh you're you're slated at pick uh Pick four. We've got, uh, it's going to be a 12-team uh, uh, mock draft, and we have six people on here. So uh, the person that picks first will also be picking seventh, and it'll go in that order. So, Tommy, you've got pick four and ten. You got an idea who you're wanting to get there at four?
3: Absolutely. And it's awesome. probably going to make Rob mad.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling Come it on. will. Come
3: uh.
1: on. <laughs> Well, all right, man. Well, good stuff. We also have uh, Matt Kelly here. He's uh, one of our lead writers over there at DynastyProsFootball.com. Matt, how in the heck are you doing, brother?
0: Oh, man, I am hanging in there. Uh, Denver is finally starting to participate in the, uh, the summer weather, and we have no AC. So hanging in there uh, for you guys just for this rookie draft in some pretty miserable heat.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, wow. Maybe you uh, drink a, maybe an extra beer or two to kind of cool off there.
0: So, oh, that's that's definitely gonna be the, uh, the, the yeah occasion.
1: Well, good stuff, good stuff there, man. We encourage everybody to go follow Matt over at DynastyProsFootball.com uh, and, and also follow him on Twitter. Uh, you're at what at that Matt Kelly? That
0: Matt Kelly. I've tried to keep it consistent for all these years. Uh, parts of my jobs outside of Dynasty Pros are in uh, the social media nethers. So. Yep, try to con- uh, keep it consistent on all the platforms there.
1: Awesome. And you're going to be picking at two and picking at number eight. So uh, uh, hopefully uh, I don't snipe you there at number one because I've got number one and seven. So we'll see how that goes. Well, all right, good stuff. Um, next, we've got Chris Gregory. Uh, Chris, how you doing, brother? I am orgasmic. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Just got
4: done taking uh, (laughs) engagement photos with my fiance, so lots of fake smiles out of the way, and uh, get to get some drafting done now.
1: Awesome. I don't
2: think there's supposed to be fake smiles. No.
4: Yeah,
1: you're supposed to be. All of my smiles are fake. (laughs) Yeah, you're supposed to be like happy and blissful uh, to be getting married. So.
4: I I I am very happy to get married, but it's not football season, so Mm. my
1: smiles are tempered.
2: He said, can we hurry this up? I got a rookie draft to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Chris, tell us, uh, tell, tell the folks out there a little bit about yourself. You, I know you're you're one of our riders here at DynastyProsFootball.com, but you also ride at Roto Baller, correct?
4: Uh, that's correct. Uh, I started getting a website up for uh, the pre-snap read, uh, and then Roto Baller gave me a shot, so I've been working over there with them. And I'm uh, working on a Cam Newton piece for you that I'm hopefully will be going up this
1: weekend as well. All right, all right. Yeah, some, I've got some interesting uh, thoughts on Cam, but uh, we'll save that for our next so episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell everybody where they can follow you on Twitter, brother.
4: Uh, I'm on the underscore pre snap read, uh, pretty or hopefully pretty self explanatory. Yeah. Uh, if it, if you're looking at
1: an icon of a guy in a toilet on a football field, that's me. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds awesome. Well, good stuff, good stuff, and uh, you are going to be picking at pick three and nine. So, uh, you know, pretty exciting stuff there. Hopefully uh, who you want uh, is sitting there for you at three. They're going to be brilliant picks. I, I promise you, brilliant. <laughs> awesome stuff. And last but not least, we have Alex French. Uh, Alex is one of our riders over at DynastyProsFootball.com. Alex, how you doing, man?
5: Good, good. I am excited and super happy to be here. Um, I've got family upstairs that came in, so it's a nice little escape to kind of get away a little bit talk some football with the guys
1: yeah i know how that is i definitely know how that is I've, my family's out of town i've got a wedding to go to tomorrow and uh it's going to be blazing in about 100 degrees doing a backyard wedding so i'm not looking forward to that at all
5: <laughs> oh uh, just sitting in the yeah, sun yes absolutely
1: so uh tell everybody where they can follow you on twitter bro
5: oh you can find me on twitter at the blind guy ff so i am I, as as you know bob maybe everybody listening doesn't i am blind so I offer that unique perspective that you don't always get from other guys that are watching film. You will never hear me say, well, if you watch the tape, he looks like a fantastic player. I'm <laughs> looking at it a little more analytically.
1: Well, but here's the thing, man. You've not always been blind. I mean, that's more of kind of a recent thing. So you've watched plenty of football, and and so you know what you're talking about. You haven't been blind all your life. so Correct. Exactly. So... Um, well, all right, guys. We got everybody introduced. We know where to follow us there at, uh, at DynastyProsFootball.com, everybody's Twitter handle, all that out of the way. So without further ado, let's get started with this mock draft. Uh, I'm up at pick one. Um, I don't think it's going to be any surprise. I'm going to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number one. Um, I think that uh, for the next three or four years, this guy is going to be a, a, a top 10, maybe even a top five uh, Dynasty pickup. Um, so I think it's nice to get him now. I mean, he may not put up a whole lot of points this year. I think he's going to have some spurts where he does well. Uh, Damian Williams is definitely going to be in the way, um, but he is going to be a dynasty asset to have from uh, next year and beyond. So, you all you all agree with that number one pick, or <laughs> somebody else got a different different perspective on it? Yeah,
4: I, mean, I thought you know, it was uh, going to be Mooney. I thought it was Mooney from the Bears all the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeesh>. um <laughs> no uh,
2: i i don't know i'm kind of torn between ceh and jonathan taylor you're a taylor so, guy i am a taylor guy and you know a lot of people say oh they ran the the, the tread off the tires with him but uh, i don't see it i think that he is uh every bit of talented as maybe like your christian mccaffrey's so indianapolis got one heck of a pick with jonathan taylor and I, I honestly, I would probably go Jonathan Taylor over Ceh at the one spot, but they are fairly interchangeable at the one and two.
1: Well, listen, I mean, I I, I don't disagree with you as far as his talent. Uh, he's he was most likely. I mean, he's probably, arguably, the best running back in the draft. Um, but here's the thing with him: if he would have ended up on Kansas City's roster, if he would have, if they would have drafted yeah. him, he would be unquestioned the number one pick to take. Um, so I think it has a lot to do, you know, with with Indianapolis. How long is Phillip Rivers going to be there? Um, you know that scheme. You, you know we got Ceh that's going to be in that that Kansas City offense for years to come. Um, that was the tipping point for me. I think it was a it was a, a little bit safer pick with a, a little bit higher upside.
4: So, so I, I, I agree agree with I'm you. with
1: Bob on that. I, I also
3: agree think with you schematically. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a better pick. Also, I mean he's proven he can catch the ball in the backfield.
5: Right, it's I mean, true. he, he fits. 55 receptions last year and over 1,400 yards. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah. he was no joke at LSU in that offense.
2: So, so how do you view them? Let's say Kansas City took Jonathan Taylor and Indianapolis took Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Lair.
1: I would take Jonathan Taylor, number one, no doubt. Absolutely. Right. But
2: would it be, I would agree. Would it be a Taylor's... question that they're
1: interchangeable like they are now? Mm. Uh, you know, I just, I just like the the Kansas City offense. I mean, they're going to put up right. more points, and um, he's going to have a lot more opportunities for touchdowns, and and that's that. You know, and and the thing is with the he's going to be in a timeshare with Damian Williams this year. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. I don't care what people say. You know, you think that he's going to run away with that starting job pretty quick, but I have a feeling that Marlon Mack's going to be a little bit of thorn in the side. And then they've talked about Naeem Hines uh, being that third down back and catching quite a few uh, receptions out of that backfield. And we all know that that Philip Rivers loves doing that. He loves kind of dinking and dunking. Um, so, like I said, the potential's there for Jonathan Taylor from, this, from next year moving forward forward but uh, I, there's there's too many mouths to feed in that backfield and i think that's the tipping point and then with that kansas city offense obviously uh, there's just too much um it's too explosive to 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 deny so was the question is the question whether
4: ceh would be the number two dynasty pick in indianapolis
0: right. if
4: taylor if the positions were switched because i mean if that's the question i say absolutely not i i don't taylor is a talent that would have fit almost anywhere and i mean and that's i agree with you on that i think he's a stud as far as an absolute runner and that's why him in that system with that blocking it fits what he does uh but he could fit in kansas city too ceh i don't know that i would be taking him second overall in indianapolis
2: Hmm. right and that's that's what i was asking like are they still interchangeable if their teams had swapped. Right. Well, that's a pretty I think good that's que- a vet. That's a
1: good that's question. Valid. Yeah, I I think I'd be taking Jonathan Taylor number 1 if he ended up in Kansas City, but that is a pretty good question. Who would be that number 2 running back? Would it be uh Edwards Hilaire if he was in Indianapolis? That that's a that's a good one. So, you know. Well, cool. to me, I, he I was I would my go fourth as, back in the draft. Yeah, that's what I was about Sorry, I don't I, mean I, to, I
4: to, to say.
3: Was, I would go as far as say he I would go as far as say is Clyde Edwards Hilare is probably the the fifth most talented back in this draft.
4: Yeah. I almost, I uh, it was him and Moss for me. They were interchangeable at four and five, honestly. But Swift and Taylor, uh, I, I, well, shit, really. <laughs> he might have been fifth. I think you're right.
1: Well, Edwards Hilaire kind of—he was creeping up. Uh, he people were really falling in love with him more and more as the draft got closer. So he was just that sure. hot name. Uh, the more and more the draft, uh, you sure. know, got got closer there. So I think that's what ended up happening. Is that all around skill set um, was a good good fit for Kansas City, and and they really didn't need it. But you know, it just kind of a what they say. You know, the rich get richer. So. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. So let's 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 move on to that number two pick. And uh, Matt, that's uh, that means you. Who are you taking number two then, bro?
0: Yeah, man, no surprises here. Going right back to that running back, well, with Jonathan Taylor there in Indy. Uh, funny enough that you mentioned Marlon Mack. However, I just wrote a piece on early uh, early values in the AFC South, and Marlon Mack was one of those. So I'll let you go over to uh, Dynasty Pros Football dot com to get the take on that but man Jonathan Taylor it's its pretty much echoing what everyone is saying it's its not when it's if um, I do think Marlon Mack is going to be a thorn in the sign for the majority of this first year I don't think he's going away uh, but the line is good Rivers likes to dink and dunk uh, with the shortened off season, the whole COVID situation they might even lean into the running game a little bit more so maybe we do get a little extra production <clears throat> out of Jonathan Taylor up front but Uh, To me, unless it's super flex, if we're sticking with the one quarterback, you know, maybe I consider Burrow there, but I just think Taylor carries more value overall. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I do like, you know, this is a thing Rob and I have talked about on previous shows. I kind of like the, in a dynasty league, I I like the thought of Damian Williams and Marlon Mack kind of being in the way. Um, I, I think anyone that drafts, Uh, Edward Solaire or Jonathan Taylor may get a little frustrated with them in the beginning of the season because they expect more out of them. Mm -hmm. And I hope that they do because I'm going to be there ready to pounce on that and make a deal for one of those guys, if not both of them.
0: You know, it's definitely possible, and it's unique this year a little bit from years past. There's no Saquon Barkley that is immediately inserted as the lead guy. There's no Zeke Elliott to take over that lead Leonard role. Fournette. Just you know? Yeah, there's nothing right out of the gate. Everybody has a little bit of competition. So, yeah, you might find those owners getting frustrated early and might be able to steal one of these guys uh, early end of the season here in Dynasty.
4: Mm-hmm. See,
0: I, I'm in the minority on this uh, conversation,
4: honestly. Uh, I, I don't think Damian Williams is particularly good. <laughs> uh and did I, you I don't watch the I, Super Bowl though <laughs> I did I'm a 49ers fan and I watched as I, about half of his yards came when the defense had given up on a run where he was untouched um he went to OU he was fine at OU. he went to Miami uh, he didn't do much at Miami. gase tried to make him over Drake. It didn't work uh Drake took him over. Uh, he came to Kansas City, you know, Hunt was the guy there, and then he stepped in. he It's a good offense, but think about what happened last summer. Williams was the guy. He was going top 30 in his drafts last summer, and a 30-something running back, and he immediately gets touches. I think Reed is traditionally a lead back guy, and when he brings in a 31- or 32-year-old LaShawn McCoy to immediately take touches from his, quote, established guy, I don't think he trusts him. And throughout the year, Daryl Williams got touches, McCoy got touches, um, even when Williams was healthy. Uh, I I just, Williams, a majority of his yards have come on two or three really big plays where he was largely untouched. Uh, He's not particularly effective between the tackles. Uh, I just, this is my opinion. I'm in the minority. I realize that, but I am not high on him. I'm drafting him as ceh is handcuffed but i i if we don't deal with a covid situation where ceh just doesn't get any run at all um i'm a little more optimistic on him getting involved early
5: you know you, you make a lot of good points and i agree with a lot of what you're saying about damian william williams and i remember a lot of times last year when it seemed like andy reed was calling him out to the media talking about how frustrated he was about the fact he wasn't healthy and getting back on the field but i mean you can't forget what he did in the super bowl and i know that a lot of that like you said came on one big run but if he's in that role as that secondary piece where maybe he's just the pass catcher for the first half of the season i think that presents a lot of value
1: Well, my personal opinion, Damian Williams is actually a very good running back. I think the problem is with him, he's not durable. He's not built. He's not an every down back. And I think, uh, you know... Andy Reid has has historically had that workhorse running back with Westbrook and Lashawn McCoy. Damian Williams isn't that guy. Damian Williams can't stay healthy enough. He can't take that beating. And you know he failed in Miami. Yes, but a lot of people fail in Miami and then go on to other places and succeed. Um, that's the uh, that's that's the Adam Adam Gase thing there. So um, I mean, Drake
4: and Ajay did fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I think that I, Damian Williams is a heck of a running back. Um, it's just I think he can't stay healthy. He can't take the punishment that an every down back can. That's the reason why Andy Reid brought in Lashawn McCoy. And don't forget that you know they they Lashawn McCoy was a healthy scratch a few times last year. Um, when Damian Williams was was healthy and then we all watched the Super Bowl which I think was complete bs that Mahomes got the MVP I think Damian Williams should have gotten the MVP of the Super Bowl uh oh, yeah I mean a guy would oh, have three yeah. touchdowns or something so I mean yeah I mean it had a hell of a game but uh but like I said regardless I think he's gone after this year and Edwards Hilaire will be taking over full time there um so you know that's, I agree with that uh, Marlon Mack, I think is going to be gone. Uh, I believe yep. he'll be gone out of Indianapolis. Um, and Jonathan Taylor will be taking over that full time. So I love the idea of that. We know that and, and other people do know that, but, it, it still won't stop them from getting somewhat frustrated during the season because they're gonna want uh, a little bit more out of these guys and they're gonna get a little ticked off and like i said i think that's a perfect ap- opportunity to go and pounce on on one of these guys and try and get them at a discount um, and just understand um, you know you're gonna you're, you're looking at at a player for next year and not really this year so well, all right. So we're sitting at uh we're sitting at pick three, and Chris, that puts you up at the plate, man. Who you going with? Um, it's fairly
4: predictable still. Uh, Jk Dobbins, uh all right. For me, uh, Dobbins is a guy that I think could hypothetically have the best career of the backs uh, in this uh, draft class because of where he ended up um, and his skill set. Um, he is a good pass catcher. He is elusive. He's a big game, uh, big play guy. He's got good speed. Uh, I think he can run between the tackles and off the edge. He's got a relatively young offensive line in front of him still. Uh, good uh, tackles on both ends who I think will be in Baltimore for some time now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you buy the Lamar Jackson, uh, will be this good for a while. Uh, which I'm sure Bob uh, would resoundingly say, yes, he does, and it will happen. Um, I'm a little bit of a LeBron Jackson skeptic, but I believe he is always going to be a threat to run, and that is always going to be keeping people spying on him, and Dobbins will be primed there for lots of pitches, lots of uh, running back options, uh, things like that, and he's going to break a lot of big plays Uh, I look for Hollywood Brown to get healthier and stretch the field more, keep safeties honest. Uh, Mark Andrews, another OU player, uh, three OU starters on this offense. I don't think that's a a coincidence. Lots of talent comes out of Norman like myself. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, I just – this team is young. It's been well-crafted, and I think he – stands to benefit from all these people and especially in a PPR league I think Lamar Jackson has talked about wanting to run less and I think part of how you run less is you do some dump-offs to the running back you involve a bunch of other people in the passing game more than they have so far so I expect him to be involved now early on he's gonna lose a lot of touches obviously to Ingram he's he may not even be in your starting lineup I've drafted him in a number of Dynasty uh, drafts so far, and I can't tell you that uh, he's going to be my starter opening on any of those teams. Uh, but this is a long-term uh, outlook, and uh, I really like his potential here. That's why he's going top 30 in a lot of Dynasty startups.
1: Yeah, I see a lot, and it, it, it's kind of funny. It's, uh, you know, It's, it's no, uh, no secret that I am a Ravens fan, but I do see Ray Rice a lot of Ray rice in him you know that same kind of skill set uh the speed the strength the elusiveness uh the shiftiness I mean there is a lot and then on top of it all he's wearing number 27 so it's gonna be hard to, to watch right. and not think about Ray rice out there but yeah I I tend to agree with him I think uh I think he could end up having one of the better better careers out of any of these running backs taken um, and another situation with a running back being uh in the way because you've got Gus Edwards and obviously Mark Ingram there and Mark Ingram is, is signed for two more seasons now they could cut him yep. next year and save 5 million which in in my opinion I believe they do um but I do see Dobbin's taking that lead back role I don't I don't know if I see it by the end of this season um no. But I'd, it's another one of those situations where I'm hoping someone does get a little frustrated with that, and then I can, uh, I can make a deal for him. That, that's what I'm hoping right. for with all these guys. So, and but I'm seeing a lot of people. A lot of people are
4: worried about Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. I don't think they're an issue.
1: Um, I don't, I don't know. Gus Edwards is a very, very good back, but I will be. I, I could see Baltimore trading Gus Edwards, uh, at some point over the next couple of months um to someone uh i I, there there, there's some teams out there that could use that he's cheap and i believe that uh, baltimore uh, what's the point in having him uh they could move him and get a pick i I think that would be the wise thing to do so
4: i just don't think they'll be in the way of dobbins is what i'm saying
1: yeah uh i think he will at first um but i believe that dobbins will kind of take over uh by the by mid-season or so of being that kind of uh I think Dobbins is going to be a pain in the butt for those Mark, those Mark Ingram owners as well. So uh, um, yeah, I, I do think he overtakes uh, him by at least midseason. But I do think that Gus Edwards will be kind of that that backup for a, for a little while at least. So,
5: I, I got a question for you guys since you know we're Dynasty Show and all that. Yeah. Uh, if you had the first pick in the draft and somebody offered you three, would would this be the kind of year, you know, talking about Dobbins, that you might move back from that first pick to get somebody like J.K. Dobbins if you truly believe in them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have the 1-1 the one, one pick in, in a dynasty league, and uh, I've been kind of negotiating with a few people in that league. I would have no problem moving back. It just depends on what you get in return. I mean, okay. I, I'm not dropping back to pick four if somebody's just giving me like a second round pick or something. I mean, I think uh, mm-hmm. Edwards Hilaire is the guy that you're going to want to get there. Um, but if somebody's willing to offer you uh, two firsts or you know something like, I mean, it, it's got to be a nice little uh, little return in my opinion. So At I'm not trading out of the f- top
4: five though. No, yeah, no way. It has to be early, early first. Probably, yeah,
1: I mean, Rob, what do you think, man? Me and you talk about this quite a bit. If you had the number one pick um, and you're staring maybe, you know, Edward Solaire or Jonathan Taylor, uh, what would it take from someone to get one, you know, the 1-1 one, one from you?
2: This year is totally different, and I got to unwrap my brain from Superflex real quick because yeah. that's primarily what I play. But if I was doing, like, the format that we're doing this draft in and I had the 1-1, one, one, I'd be asking for – if I got two firsts within the top five, I'm probably going to take it. Absolutely. Um, And honestly, it would be something along those lines. Or a first and, let's say, a starting running back on another team that's worthwhile. There's a lot of, like, trading happening with Dalvin Cook lately. I wouldn't take Dalvin Cook, but that may be something like, hey, you give me a first and Dalvin, like – I might make that happen because it's already a proven productive. That's the starting running back.
4: So,
1: well, I had oh, a I'm gu- taking
4: Dalvin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you know, I've had you know in in the, the dynasty league where I have the one one. I've had a guy offer me um, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and pick one eleven. You know, and I've I've turned that down.
2: What for the one one? Yeah. And it's is super superflex? It is. Oh uh, well, yeah, okay. It depends on what my running back stable looks like, but I may have taken that trade. It just—it would also it fits, depend on like fits. what kind of quarterbacks I had too. Mm-hmm. So
5: if it—if it's super flex, I might be more inclined to take that just because some of those other position guys, like those top five running backs and top two to four receivers, depending on who you've got up there. They they have a chance to fall to you at 11 in a super flex where they well and
1: they could because this is an IDP league as well so and I even thought about hell you could get Chase Young over there you know at 111 if you wanted so yeah you know, that was something I thought of but I haven't pulled the trigger on it just yet so well all right well let's move on to pick number four that puts uh, Tommy Harvey up man uh, Tommy uh, who are you taking it for
3: I'm going to take the first wide receiver off the board with CD Lamb out of Oklahoma.
2: <laughs> oh. I knew it was coming too, and I still got—I'm still mad
3: about it.
1: He sniped you, Rob. I I was gonna make him
3: mad. Um, you, I just think CD Lamb here is the best value moving forward. I, I, I get it; he's the—he's the third wide receiver in Dallas right now. But that's not going to be the case for too much too much longer. I think he ends up being at least the number two receiver by the end of the season. And. Just his, his skill set, he's, he's great around the ball, he runs great routes, he's fast. The guy is just an amazing receiver, and I, I think he's just too, too much of a value to not take here.
5: You know, the other thing, Tommy, if I, if I can, um, one of the things I think people are missing and forgetting about is the fact that Jason Winton is now in Vegas, and Randall Cobb's now in Houston, and that's 160 targets that are gone. Yep. From that 83
3: apiece. Yep, they had yeah, 83 exactly. targets apiece. Um, I think I think some of those targets will will end up going to somebody like Blake Jarwin, but still, there's still going to be 100 plus targets left over.
4: So I mean, that's
3: that. Well, and it depends re- on, on if you buy the amazing. hype
4: that if the hype that Injoku could end up there, that that could be a few some of those targets as well. Yeah, there's also hype on yeah, uh, Tony Pollard coming in to take some receiving
2: stuff away from Zeke so you could be seeing some Tony Pollard coming in there
4: yeah
3: yep. I, yeah I McCarthy won't be shocked receivers though
4: I won't be shocked if Cooper gets traded for Adams into some sort of deal either That'd yeah it, it, it,
1: we've talked about that in previous episodes where You know, we were saying that Amari Cooper doesn't have any guaranteed money after, you know, 2021, and he could easily be traded or moved at that point. And then, then, you know, CD can kind of take over that number one spot. So I think Dallas will
3: also be a free agent after this coming season. Who's that? Michael Gallup could, be, yeah. could become a free agent after the season, too.
1: Yeah, well, C.D. C. Lamb, I think, is a little bit more of a long-term investment, so you, it, it's another one of those picks that you have to be patient on. I mean, these four, first four picks that we've made, you're going to have to be patient. Don't expect them to blow up week one, week two, you know. Right. The Cowboys That's could sure. save $10, 10 million in cap
4: space, according to over-the-cap by trading Cooper, by the way. It so could, could probably well use happen it. if
3: they, if they, if they try to go after somebody like a Jamal
4: Adams, that's, that could very easily happen. That's after the season, though, right? It said a uh, post June first trade, he would save them ten million in cap space. Wow, that's mm-hmm. wild because they just you know locked him up for that big big deal. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised it would save them that much. I thought they would take a bigger hit. Hmm.
1: Well, all right. Well, all right. Well, Rob, you've got pick number five. I know you're pretty upset about losing out on C.D. Lamb. So, uh, what's the consolation prize? Where are you going with here?
2: Man, I think you know I, I got to stick with the running back narrative here. Um, when you're playing Dynasty, having a strong running back is pretty key, in my opinion. There's a lot of people that are like zero RB strategy, and everyone has like what they want to do to build a team. Um, this class is so wide receiver heavy. I'm gonna I am picking again later this round, so I'm okay with that. But uh, I'm going to go with Cam Akers. Mm. So uh, the reason being is when Cam Akers was at Florida State, he was a monster, and I don't think he made it past the line once without being contacted. The the guy had a terrible offensive line.
5: And he will now, too.
2: (laughs) Well, either way, but it's – it's an NFL offensive line. This isn't Florida State just getting the crap beat out of them. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's a little bit different. And I think that they they didn't really do much at running back in the draft other than get Cam Akers. Like Malcolm Brown's still there. Daryl Henderson's still there. If Daryl Henderson was the answer, he would have been playing last year. And he didn't really play much last year.
1: Hey, yeah. I, com- I completely agree. I am a huge Cam Akers fan. Um, and, and if I was in a redraft league, he's the first running back I'm taking. I'm taking him over any of these other running backs right now because I think he has the clearest path uh, for the most touches and the most opportunity to produce for you this year. I mean, you've seen what Todd Gurley's done in that offense over the last three seasons, and I could see something fairly close to that with Cam Akers. Um, right, and, and it's kind of deceptive because they're like,
2: he's third on the depth chart. Well, they haven't practiced They haven't done anything. He hasn't had an opportunity to move up. And in the event that they get an opportunity to get on the field and actually practice and do things, he's going to climb right to the top of the depth chart. Like, the guy's – in three years in college, he had over 2,800 yards of rushing. And his senior year, he had 30 receptions. Like, the guy can do everything. So, he's going to go do the same thing for L.A., and be a stud on the Rams. Now they may do the same thing they did to Todd Gurley and just run the wheels off of him. Who knows? But for a few years, you're going to have top top tier running back uh, production from him.
5: Yeah, if that's the case, I'll happily go along for the ride because I I agree. I think he's that do it all back, and I think once once they finally get on the field, I don't think they're going to be able to keep him off of it. Just with yeah, for sure. What he did behind that line. I heard a joke, maybe it's not a joke, but I heard a joke saying that the Rams picked him because they saw what he did behind that awful line and thought, well, our offensive line's not that great either. He's proven he can do it with no <laughs> line. <laughs> right, I mean, but that
2: that does say something about a running back, that he is, he's powerful, he can break tackles, he obviously has got to have some sort of good vision to get his way through through a terrible line, so...
0: But I yeah, like Cam Akers a lot.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that's some good stuff. I'm I'm sitting here looking at my rankings that will be posted on uh DynastyProsfootball.com and right now we're just right in order. My fir- my first <laughs> five uh top ranked players. That, that that's the route we've gone. Cam Makers was number 5 on there. So uh I'm going to see if we're going to be 6 for 6 with my rankings here. So uh with that being said, Alex, that means you're up. Where are you going?
5: Yeah, I, I think we're sticking to Chalk so far right now because I'm going to go ahead and take DeAndre Swift. Oh. Uh, he was coming out. He was my favorite running back, and honestly I wanted to see him land in Kansas City when they started talking about the hype that they might take a running back because I would love to see him in that offense. But going to Detroit, he's they already have on Johnson there. I think Carryon starts to kind of play that pass catcher role until – DeAndre Swift just starts to take over that backfield. I think he's too talented. Kind of like we were saying about Cam Akers. I think once they're on the field, I don't think they're going to be able to keep him off of it either. So, he yeah. has more com- I stick with Chalk there?
4: <laughs> he has more competition with Johnson, though. Johnson's better than anything in L.A., in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I am not a DeAndre Swift fan. Now, I like the player, but I hate that he ended up in Detroit. Yeah. Um, Rob and I have talked about this in previous episodes. I don't care who you are, man. Barry Sanders is about the only one that survived that. Um, I don't, you could put Saquon Barkley in Detroit right now and I, I he'd probably fail. I, I don't know I'd what it is. It. You know, I don't know what in the world's going on in Detroit, but I, that's where running backs go to die. And, um, I hate the I hate the landing spot for Swift. I wish he, he would have ended up anywhere but Detroit. So.
4: what was it like six years or something when Johnson got the first 100 yard rushing game it was like Reggie Bush then like Ugh. four or five six years of zero 100 yard yeah, rushers yeah. I That's mean they,
1: i I've been doing this for a very very long time and I have been fooled by Detroit so many times I mean Tommy and I have been in drafts where I've taken frigging Javid best you know <laughs> uh, so I, I I'm not I'm not going down that road anymore with Detroit I'm done with them well, I, I call them the Motor George City Bell
4: Belichicks, too. Yeah. Yeah. The Motor City Belichicks are going to do a timeshare. They they want to do it. When Johnson was tearing it up as a rookie, they still gave Blunt, like, what, 130 carries, even though he's averaging, <laughs> like, two yards a carry? Mm-hmm. And the goal line. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, they gave Blunt all those carries, and Johnson's efficiency was, like, two or three times what Blunt's
5: was.
1: Yeah.
4: I
5: think that's why I'm I'm kind of taking the approach of – Cream rises to the crop and I I believe in the talent that DeAndre Swift is. If and the like the crap six to the bottom, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And if if the Lions can make Garrett blunt relevant for a season, when you give them the talent of DeAndre Swift, I think the talent just wins out in that situation. But I agree. Yeah, when I draft, also really used to splitting carries. What's I don't that? Know.
3: Swift is also used to splitting carries. He did it it all throughout college when he was at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing new to him.
1: Well, I do remember Bo Scarborough being something there for a couple of weeks as well, you know, so. And he's (laughs) still there. Yeah. Yeah. He's still there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I just, I want nothing to do with that Detroit backfield. I know that having Swift fall to you here, um, I've got him as my fifth-ranked running back, but I've got him um ninth overall in this type of draft I've got a few wide receivers still ahead of him I just I I don't want to have to be faced with having to take him in a draft if I had the fifth or sixth pick uh I'm staying away from him I I I can't do it I I don't want to have that headache because I I think that's all it's going to be for for a few years I mean carry Johnson was supposed to be the the next big thing there and and look what happened so
4: I think I might dislike Detroit more than you, Bob, because I've done probably ten mocks and six real drafts, and I don't think I've drafted one single lion on any of them besides the uh, fishbowl mock where I got Stafford.
1: That's I did it. the same thing. I took Stafford in 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 the in, in the fishbowl as well. So um, yeah, I've got him and Big Ben um, in a best ball league. So. Um, I waited and waited and waited at quarterback, so I got a problem with yep. with uh, Stafford, but I'm, I'm not messing with anybody else. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, there we go. We uh, we've gotten through the first six picks. That was, uh, you know, Clyde edwards hilaire Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb, and then we finished it off. Uh, well, no, Cam Akers, and then we <laughs> finished it off with the <coughs> Swift. All right, so that puts me up there, man. Um, I was really hoping that Cam Akers would fall to me at seven, but that didn't happen. Um, so I, I can't, I can't deny this. I'm probably going to, I'm going to go Jerry Judy here. Um, I like getting him at seven. Um, I like him a little bit better than CD lamb as far as his opportunities. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that. He's a great route runner, a great pass catcher. Uh, he's just one of those can't miss prospects. And Drew Locke is getting a lot of hype right now with all these weapons and, um, with KJ Hamler, uh, possibly stretching the field and then, uh, Cortland Sutton, maybe getting these double teams. I could see some pretty good things out of Jerry Judy, even this year. Um, and then, you know, in the long term, I really, really like him as well. So uh, I'd be pretty happy if I got him here at pick seven. So I don't know if uh, if you all agree with that or not, but uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Oh, I had him move. at six. So that's where I had. Him. I had him at six. at six. Yep, I had him at yeah. six as well. Well, all right. Well, that's uh, let's move all right along here. So. uh that puts who's up next then that would be me all right matt you go right ahead what do you got man
0: well man i was really hoping you would just have a lapse in judgment there with jerry judy and let him slide one more spot but since Mm -hmm. you didn't i'm gonna go over to philadelphia and uh jalen rager and for much the same reason that you took jerry judy it is all about the opportunity good chance for alshon jeffrey to be starting on the pump this year Uh, Deshaun Jackson doesn't really ever stay healthy Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is he still a thing obviously Ertz and uh, Goddard are the primary targets there but I really think he has an opportunity to go ahead and make an impact from day one and half of hitting you know on these rookies is guys just getting a path to workload and Rager has that and he's got Carson Wentz there it's really uh, another part of that (coughs) tiebreaker between anyone else kind of in that tier of wide receivers is Carson Wentz so Going with uh, going with Rager
1: there. That's a good pickup. Uh, I uh, I think he could end up being the uh, the top scoring wide receiver this year as far as uh, rookie wide receivers and fa- and fantasy. Uh, I see him as being kind of that Cam Acres uh, at wide right, receiver. You know right. he's got that that opportunity to be the number one guy there. And um, in a redraft league, he's probably the first uh, first wide receiver I'm taking out of the rookies. So. All
4: right. I, I agree with Bob that on redrafts he makes a lot of sense because of the opportunity. I do like that opportunity. I I don't love the talent. That was a reach when Philly took him. They should have taken Jefferson and then Ayuk after that, and then Higgins and then Pittman. Uh, <laughs> I I mean yeah, it, it, it was Rovizca it was Chanel. a reach. Yeah, uh, it was a reach, and so I like him. And I, I I agree that he may have the biggest easiest route to first-year touches, but still, my I mean, I'm valuing in Dynasty Leagues uh, several receivers ahead of him. Well,
5: good. Yeah, good so, stuff.
4: That's just me. That's just me. No offense. So, no, no, I'm with no. Me too. No, I'm with no, 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 I thought I thought
5: you too. Yeah. Matt, that's, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it, bud. So I heard uh, – not heard, but I read an article. Uh, Doug Peterson had come out and said that he wanted Jalen Rager to just shadow Deshaun Jackson all through camp. Mm-hmm. and learn that role. And then once he learned that, then he could, they could expand and see what his potential is. I have my opinion on it. I want to hear what you think about it first before I go ahead with mine.
0: Yeah, I mean, so kind of back to Deshaun Jackson. I don't know exactly how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he's on the wrong side of 30. Um, he hasn't completed a full season in quite some time. And if that's the role Rager is going to have, and he's looking at like 50, 60 catches, but the yardage is going to be there, You know I'm fine with that I think you know whether it's this year or next year um, as far as taking over that role full-time you know be that as it may if if Deshaun Jackson somehow gets in the way for the full year but I think eventually yeah he's going to have basically that role I don't expect him to be you know Alshon Jeffrey obviously Um, but without him there and without anybody else really I think he's just going to get he's going to get those reps which are pretty invaluable to rookies
5: yeah, I, I agree. So my, my initial thought when I had seen the article was that I thought it was all coach speak and that in order for them to pick him where they did, they had to believe in the talent and the player, and if you're going to limit him to just that downfield, go get him, blow the top off the defense receiver, and just let him do what Deshaun Jackson does, then why do you take him that early in the first round? So I, I thought it was a little coach speak. I just wanted to get your opinion on that.
2: Let, let's, let's, let's not forget
5: that. Let's not
2: forget that Deshaun Jackson, once upon a time, used to run a really, really mean crossing route, and is really good in the slot.
0: Right. Yeah. He's totally just so, thought of that downfield guy, and that's that. That is what he is pretty much now. But yeah, to your point, in some of those heydays in Philly, he was a better route runner than given credit for.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. So shadowing uh, Deshaun Jackson is just coach speak well that's that's some pretty strong coach speak because Deshaun Jackson I have a feeling is going to leave the NFL and then become a wide receiver coach so it, the guy is super
4: talented he's just kind of old but he's also faster than Rager and that's I mean there's a lot of talk pre-draft McShay others were like Rager might beat Ruggs in the 40 I didn't see it the film showed a four-four-seven guy that's fast But it's not elite speed and that's what he ran and i i was not surprised when he ran in the four fours uh again that's good speed it's not elite speed and deshaun has that
0: yeah i mean i just i I may be on the outs here as far as as what 40 times mean to projecting uh you know what guys do in the nfl but the forty itself is just such a technical run, and if these if these kids don't have someone coaching them specifically for that forty, then their time may reflect that. So, you know, in game speed versus a forty in shorts, two totally different things for me. I completely. I don't agree. disagree. He yeah. just
4: looked. He didn't look that fast to me on film.
1: I've seen a ton of wide receivers and DBs that ran incredible forty times that just stunk it up in
0: the NFL. Hey, um, be anybody? Yeah. What's that? I said Darius Hayward Bay anyone? Yeah, exactly. Maybe. And I'm a
1: Maryland fan, and I, you know, and I thought, golly, why did the Raiders take him so uh, so high? But yeah, there's there's been guys like that. Forty times are a little bit overrated unless they run a five you know, so, right, right. um, but you know, if somebody's got uh, by a couple hundredths of hundreds of a point and, and I'm not making a big deal out of, out of it at all. I mean, what did Jerry Rice run? You know, I mean, there's guys that are just, there's guys that are football players and I don't care what their 40 speed is, you know, when they, put right. the, you know, they're, they're game, they're gamers. And, and I don't disagree. We're talking
4: about him replacing a speed guy. That's a yeah. huge deep threat because of his speed. And that's, that's the correlation I'm making is mm-hmm. those elite deep threats usually do run well and you see it on film. And what I'm saying is I didn't see it on film or in the numbers as a deep threat. I think he can still be a weapon. I just don't know why people thought he was this amazing blazer.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and like, and I agree with some of you of saying that there's, there's quite a few wide receivers I had uh, ranked over him um, but with the opportunity this year for him, he's probably going to get the, you know, probably the most targets in that offense, maybe outside of Zach Ertz. And so for that, um, you know, that's going to be production as far as fantasy points. Um, but there sure. are there are plenty of wide receivers. I like skill set better than him. Right. Um, yeah. Everybody had Justin Jefferson going to Philly. And when they took uh, Rager and mm-hmm. surprised everyone um but they saw something they liked there and so they went with it so you know uh if they took him, then they've got a plan for him and uh you know i hope it uh turns into fantasy points so i won't be 100 percent shocked if goddard is number
4: two in targets on that team
1: yeah you know it, it you know they might be uh getting him ready to replace Ertz if they can get some yeah. uh if they can get you know a nice draft pick or something for Ertz, then uh You know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I do think Jalen Rager is going to definitely get a lot of targets in that offense and is going to produce probably right off the bat week one. So, well, all right. Well, let's speed this thing up. Um, That has got, uh, let's see here. Chris, that puts you up, brother. What do you got? Uh, So, like, people picking at nine,
4: there's a couple of options I think a lot of people have. If this is best ball, I'm taking rugs all day. I think he's a sneaky best ball redraft guy. I think he's a uh, promising guy in long-term best ball as well, because he's going to have some huge games just by virtue of breaking him off. You just don't know when that's going to be. And this isn't best ball, so I'm not going to go with him. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson, just because I think he's the most talented player left on the board. Uh, And, you know, Thielen's getting older I, I don't know that Jefferson will have elite targets this year. Diggs was underused last year in this run-heavy offense. Uh, but I do think in the next couple of years, he'll be wide receiver one on that team, uh, which can be pr- uh, very profitable. I don't think he's just a slot guy. I think he can play all over the field. Uh, and I think he could you know, be a star uh, with time. Plus, Cousins isn't that old. He may stay there. He's a pretty accurate quarterback. He, I'm not saying he's a star, but he's steady enough to get Jefferson uh, some good targets. So, so I'm going to interject
2: here. Uh, and I, this may be because I'm a huge B.C. Johnson fan, but he, he, B.C. Johnson is the number two wide receiver on that team. And I would argue that he fought his way because of his talent up to that point. And they felt comfortable enough to get rid of digs and they have irv smith and they have kyle rudolph still so you're going to see him come out more than likely in two tight end sets more i i just i
4: feel like justin jefferson has a little bit of way to go and so and i i'm just, not i'm not saying you're wrong but let me ask do you think they would use that high of a pick when Everson Griffin is maybe not coming back. They've got some questions in their secondary. Uh, they've got issues at several spots on the field. There were some good tackles there, but they took a receiver uh, there. And that surprised me a little bit just because I thought they might wait on the position in a deep field, but they like Jefferson. Right. No, I agree with you there, but we can also have a huge argument about
3: how the NFC North drafts. see Green Bay I absolutely love this pick though Um, so I I do love it I love Jefferson
4: last year
2: right I mean the guy's a beast I'm not I'm not going to take that away from him um I just
4: don't know that Minnesota is the right support system for it I didn't love the landing spot if Jefferson had ended up an eagle I, I just had no problem with him being number five or number six in this draft um I, I he, There were better landing spots for him. I agree with that. But I like the talent overall. And in Dynasty, I think he's going to be number one on that team. And if I'm picking number nine, I made the playoffs last year. And I may not need him to do a whole lot early on. That's very true. You
5: mean, yeah, You can afford to wait a little bit.
2: I don't but know. I, this, this whole area gets kind of touchy, right? Because you have... Just like you talked about best ball with the rugs thing, but you got Jefferson yep. and Mims in there and Brandon Ayuk and Michael Pittman, right? So I imagine all those guys are going to go in some sort of that order and Denzel Mims. Let's <coughs> not forget about that. But yep. uh, I honestly think that now we're doing a draft right now and you need to look at some receiver situations. And for instance, in San Francisco, Debo Samuel, he's down.
4: Like, why not pick up Brandon Ayuk here? I mean, this is dynasty, right? I mean, Samuel may be back by by week one, uh, and he's going to be number one on that team when he does get back. Well, Kittle's going to be number one. Samuel's going to be number two. Um, And I don't know that that's going to change for the next five, six, seven years. Uh, I see Jefferson being number one. And like I said, if I'm picking number nine, I'm assuming I have at least Two or three good receivers uh that I can, and Jefferson can be a bye week guy for me right now, and fade in like he's going to do with the Vikings.
5: Can't. Forget I was actually a Adam, very big yeah.
3: fan
4: of where Jefferson ended.
5: Yeah, I can't forget too that Adam Thielen is on the other side of thirty now. Also. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I was, I was saying
3: I. I was a very big fan of where Justin Jefferson ended up. I mean, I, I think he steps into that Stefan Diggs role right away.
4: He could.
1: I He's think Thielen bigger, will to lead the team so. in targets. Well, all right. All right. Well, let's move on. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I appreciate the debate. <laughs> yeah,
2: <we could. laughs> I, in my brain, I got a lot of things I'm thinking about. It's just hard to verbalize what i want to say yeah so, well all right let's, well, let's, just, move,
1: let's on. All right. move on all right all right tommy you're up at pick 10 where are you going man
3: i'm going with michael Pittman. all right went to, uh, went to usc got drafted by by indy um i think he's going to a pretty decent offense there with philip rivers throwing in the ball uh the guy's 6'4 over 220 pounds um he was a call finalist last year um he's not a blazer but he puts a, i mean he's he's decently fast but i mean he's He's definitely going to be a guy who's going to be big and physical and has a little bit of speed to him.
1: Yeah, I like that pick. If I'm in mm. a if I'm in a draft and I'm sitting around that 10, 11, 12 spot and you're having to figure out if you want to take Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins, Denzel Mims, or Pittman, um, it's kind of a no-brainer for me. I like the talent with Pittman. I like the offense that he's in. And I can see him being that kind of Mike Williams role. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, like that the, was there with the Chargers. Um, I could see some, uh, I see a lot of good potential there. I mean, he's a big, big, fast guy. Um, I really like with the potential there. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good, good pick up there at 10. I, I like Pittman. A, me I, I, I like that pick.
4: I, the only reason I didn't take Pittman at 9, I don't know who his quarterback's going to be next year or the year after. Rivers is old, and I don't trust Eason. That, those are. Those are fair points.
1: Yeah. But I love Pittman as a player. I just see him possibly being that number one target next year. Um, yeah. I don't know if if T.Y. Hilton is going to be back. Um, I hope that he is. Uh, but I could see Michael Pittman really being that number one receiver there for the next several years um, and someone that they kind of build their offense around with having uh, Jonathan Taylor there. Uh, you know, they're having to pay a lot of attention there. Um, I could see Pittman really, really taking off. I, I like him as far as some of these uh, later round uh, wide receivers, definitely. So, Laura Do you like like his, Eason like, is Eason his QB. I don't know about Eason. Like, I, I think
2: you're gonna see two more years out of Rivers. Maybe. I don't think this is the last year for him. I mean, he, he's gonna keep playing because he's gonna have another kid or something. Little <laughs> little money. So, well, yeah. uh, I think. But but let's not also forget Paris Campbell is there. And apparently he's healthy, so we'll see what happens. Um, I like their
3: wide receiving core, especially if Paris Campbell's healthy. They're gonna have quite, quite some weapons there. That's the problem, though. T. Y. Hilton has to stay healthy. Paris Campbell has to stay healthy. I mean, Pittman's gonna get targets.
1: Absolutely, and 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 in that offense, here's one thing that. Uh, you were talking about Philip Rivers being there maybe for the next couple of years they signed him to a one year deal but i I can fully see them signing him to another one year deal because uh, he's got something he hasn't had in quite a while and that's called an offensive line um <laughs> He has been kind of uh, running for his life for the last couple of years. He's had to make some – he has made some bad, poor decisions and thrown some interceptions, but that's because he's constantly under pressure and under duress. Uh, In this offense, he's going to have time to pick people apart. Um, and I really see in that paying off, and I see that being something really good uh, for a T.Y. Hilton, um, even a Jack Doyle. Uh, everybody in that offense. Now, if just like Tommy said, T. Y. Hilton has a has a hard time staying on the field at this point in his career. Same thing with Paris Campbell. Uh, Michael Pittman could definitely be that number one uh, target for several weeks. And if you ha- if you pick him up in a best ball draft. Uh, that'd be a heck of a pickup even this year. But as far as a dynasty pickup, I really, really like that because of the injury history with these other guys. And if Philip Rivers is there for the next couple of years, um, I think that's going to be one of his go-to targets. Um, he's got incredible talent there. So,
0: Where do you think the Colts have to be at the end of the season for them to continue on with the Phillip Rivers experiment? Well, Middle of the road.
1: They've got a fantastic team. They've got one of the best teams in the AFC. They've got a great defense. I think their offense is going to be just fine. Uh, they got depth at, at, at running back. If Jack Doyle can stay healthy and those wide receivers can stay healthy, and like I said, Phillip Rivers is actually going to have time to throw the ball and find that open receiver. I think they stick with him. Um, I think they're going to get plenty of uh, they're going to win plenty of games this year they're going to be one of the top teams in the AFC they're not going to want to mess with that I think they keep Rivers I think they sign him for another one year deal um, I don't know if they'd lock him up for another couple of years, um, but I think just the the talent on that team defensively and offensively is, is going to be enough for them to win plenty of ball games, and he's going to kind of be the beneficiary of that. Uh, they're going to, you know, if it isn't broke, you know, if they say if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and I think they're going to stick with him um, because they're going to have a pretty good, uh, pretty good team going forward. See but it isn't back
4: playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they make the playoffs all this time, I mean, and Rivers is around for two more years, let's say he retires in two years, they're not going to have a pick to replace him with a good QB either.
1: Well, but there will be some guys uh, out there that, you know, you could either trade for or, um, you know, listen, I mean, if, you know, Cam Newton could – if Cam Newton proves that he's going to do something this year in New England, uh, you know, he could be a free agent after this
0: year. Yeah, I mean, if they feel like they're in a win now, then just let it roll and figure it out when the time gets there.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think Indy looked at their team last year and they thought what were we missing quarterback? And that was why they went after Philip Rivers like they did because I think they thought that they were better quarterback play away from being much more competitive than they ended up being.
1: And they understand they have a very they they've got a substantially better offensive line than the Chargers did. And I, they, they've got to look at it in that perspective because if they were just looking at stats and looking at his performance last year, there's no way they would have stayed <laughs> the heck away from him. Right, so, really? you know, they're being, uh, you know, they're being progressive about as far as how they're looking forward at this and, you know, seeing what he's going to do in their offense. Um, and he will be a good game manager. He's very, very experienced. He knows the defenses. Um, I think he's a much better – he's an upgrade to Jacoby Brissett. And um, – you know I think like I said, I think he's gonna lead them right into the playoffs and that's gonna be more than enough for them uh to sign him for at least another year all right, so uh where's that put us at pick wise eleven I think 10, eleven yes. at eleven all right, so that puts uh Rob up where are you going Rob? All right, well, if I'm at pick eleven, I was
2: that close to winning the championship just I mean just right there. Right, and I, I might need that 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 guy that I can shove into my lineup that is just gonna be I, I'm willing to take a risk on the boomer bust, and I'm taking Henry Ruggs. Oh,
0: so right.
2: the, the the risk factor is there. It could be boom, could be bust, and that could be a week to week thing, especially with uh, Derek Carr at the helm out there in Las Vegas, but. Uh, Honestly, like Ruggs is just going to go stretch the field. I honestly have, believe that he's got a very, very similar to same talent as a Tyreek Hill. And it's, it's, if he can get some rapport down with Derek Carr, it's, it's
1: on. And this guy's just going to go stretch the field and make people look silly. Yeah, he's going to be their go-to guy. Uh, he's going to get volume. I think yeah. he, you know, he's going to get a lot of targets. I mean, they drafted him; <laughs> he was the first wide receiver off the board. So uh, they've got a plan for him, and they're going to force the ball to him. So that's that's worth a lot as far as fantasy because the volume is going to be there. That's what you're looking for in fantasy, especially with these rookies, is opportunity and volume. Yeah, the R they not traditionally Great. force it to people though.
3: Call me crazy, but I don't, I don't even think Ruggs was the best receiver that they drafted. No,
2: I don't either. However, no. given my position in the draft, that's why I'm taking Ruggs. So, I'll tell you what
5: the, one, one of the things that I think goes a little unnoticed with Ruggs is that people keep calling him a deep threat all the time, but like you mentioned with Deshaun Jackson and running those crossing routes, Ruggs is brilliant at that. All he needs yes. is the ball, and then he's gone. Uh, Jerry Judy actually had more catches of 35 plus yards in the air than Henry Ruggs did in their time together at Alabama. So I I love the pick. I think I've really started warming up to Ruggs as he's somebody that I would absolutely target at the end of the first. If you didn't take him, I was gonna.
1: Yeah, no, that was right. a great that was a great comp to Deshaun uh, Jackson because I think we did a mock draft a few months ago um, with the Back Row uh, Network uh and when i took rugs i mean that was the exact comp that I, I i said he's deshaun jackson he's that crossing route guy you get the ball you get the ball to him and then he just takes off um i don't see him he's not randy moss he's deshaun jackson you know he's that, that slant guy that's <laughs> yeah. going to take off so um he's no darius hayward bay but i think he's going <laughs> to be all right
5: so it's not always that's not always a bad thing
1: <laughs> yeah exactly well, all right that puts us at what pick 12
5: now yeah.
1: Yes. All right. So Alex, that's uh you're up at the plate, man. Where are you going?
5: Yes, I am. I'm actually, I was hoping rugs might've fallen to me. Uh, initially I wanted Pittman here and then he went a couple picks ago. So I'm actually going to go LaVista I think that he is in line to potentially take that top spot from DJ Chark in, in Jacksonville. And if Minshew is not the answer there, they're going to be drafting a, a better quarterback. We all imagine. And not to mention the fact that dude had five rushing touchdowns last year in college. So he is just that freak athlete. I think he's got all the tools to succeed. So I'm going to go Chenault here at 112. 12. Hmm.
1: Anybody uh, feel that that's a little bit of a reach or what? No, I, I don't, don't know. know that he's a number one receiver.
4: I don't think he's a number one receiver. He's like, I mean, he could be Debo Samuel. I don't know if Gruden will use him that way. Or not. I think that's his ideal setup is to be used all over the field and run probably 15, 20 rushes at least. They well, made a good point by that.
3: saying that, that if Gardner Minshew is not the guy they'll be drafting, they'll be drafting someone near the top of the draft next season. Imagine right. Trevor Lawrence throwing into him.
4: But I mean, right. it's not the QB, It's the, I don't know if he's a, a pure receiver. I think he's, he's kind of a hybrid player like Debo a little bit. And if you don't use them right, you won't maximize his skill. I like the skill. I just have questions then, whether that staff will take advantage of him. And it may need mean they need to fire the staff this year and bring someone smart in.
5: Well, and that's the other thing, too. you got to, like, picking 12, You you won last year. So odds are your team is right. already pretty set up. So you can True. afford to take a little more risk at the end of the first. True.
4: I like the talent.
5: It'd be right, great yeah, if he yeah. could
4: have running back eligibility, too, if he gets enough rushes. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, all right. All right. So that puts me up at pick. Uh, we're, we're into the second round now, um, and I'll be taking the first pick here. I, I, there's a couple of guys I, I was hoping would fall to me here, um, but they didn't. So... <sighs> You know, I could go T. Higgins here, Denzel Mims, some guy that uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is someone. I'm, it's really, really tempting here. IU is still available, but I think I am going to uh, go with Joe Burrow. I'm going to take the first quarterback mm-hmm. off the board here. Yuck. Well, <laughs> and, and and my reasoning, Yuck. you know, T. Higgins is uh, T. Higgins has got a lot of people in front of him. Um, I'm not a big – I like Denzel Mims, but I'm not a big, big fan of that situation there. Keyshawn Vaughn, was pop, that was probably my pick, and then Brandon Ayuk. But I, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'll go with Joe Burrow here. I think he could be a franchise quarterback. And uh, I wanted to go with a little bit safer pick here uh, with the first pick in the second round. So, that's eh, just my thoughts.
3: So I'm kind of mixed say- on Burrow. I mean, the guy had the – Maybe the greatest collegiate year ever last season but that was literally his only season yeah uh because the year before he was very mediocre i mean he never really, he never proved anything until last season where he had he came out of nowhere to have the greatest season of all time
2: yeah i think two was a better quarterback
1: yeah and and 100%. that's what's and that's what's pretty cool there uh rob because we're all working on an article right now um uh, over at DynastyProsFootball.com dot com, where we are going to have a debate, Tua or Burrow, and everyone's going to kind of give their take on that. So uh, I hope you get involved with that because uh, I think that's going to be a very very good one uh, for us. So
2: yeah, that's a, that's a quite the argument too.
1: Yeah, it really that's... really is. I'm, I'm a Tua fan uh, as well. Um, uh, I just I went with Burrow just because I think that that team is going to be down quite a bit being in that division and he's going to have to chuck the ball all over the place and I I see a lot of garbage time for him over the next couple of years. So I
2: feel the same way about Tua. Mm -hmm. I Uh, just like the weapon. I like the weapons.
1: You know, I like Burrow's weapons a little. You know, better than Tua's. You know, so depending where you get him, he could be an
4: interesting pick in the fishbowl uh, rankings too because he's pretty accurate. The sacks might worry me, but if you can get him late, he might be a worthwhile fishbowl investment.
1: Yeah, I was listening to, listening to SiriusXM the other day uh, when I was driving back from the beach, and uh, I think John Hansen was really talking up Burrow. And, and and I hope I'm not misquoting this, but I thought I heard him say he's the highest-rated quarterback he's seen, uh, the, the highest-rated quarterback, or the best quarterback coming out of college since, um, since uh, Andrew Luck. Luck. And and I just thought, wow. I mean, this guy's got Burrow on a on a big big pedestal already. Um, I don't know if I'd go that route. Um, but yeah, I just went with a safe pick here um, instead of kind of flopping. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn could be one of those boomer bust. He could either you know he could end up being the starter there and be a fantastic steal, or he you know Rojo could just you know keep that that starting role and uh, Vaughn just ends up being a bust. So. Um, I went with Burrow just to be a little bit safer. Well, all right. Well, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, that's got you up at pick twelve. Who are you going with?
0: Yeah, buddy, I'm going to uh, I'm going to stick right there in Cincinnati and go to Higgins. As much as I love Denzel Mims, uh, I just I can't trust the Jets man and Adam Gase and what's going on right there. And I just got to avoid that situation, but I'm going to go T Higgins. Uh, He's a big bodied guy, 6'4", 215. Uh, The Bengals are looking to revamp this offense. Yes, he's got guys ahead of him in in A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. But the thing is, is they've made the commitment to Burrow. Hopefully the contract situation uh, gets worked out with Joe Mixon. So Burrow's going to have weapons around. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if A.J. Green somehow plays three, maybe four games. Uh, The injuries are cropping up. It's just been a consistent problem. He can't seem to get over. Uh, I can't tell you how many times last year, you know, they were projecting him to start practice, and then he wouldn't practice, and then they projected for a game, never got to a game. And so it just wouldn't shock me if A.J. Green just can't hold it together uh, for the season, and T. Higgins gets that opportunity uh, to go ahead and make that rookie connection with his uh, buddy there in Joe Burrow.
1: Well, I wouldn't say that too loud because A.J. Green could hear you and then miss two games with a br- – <laughs> he could miss two games with a broken heart, you know. Uh, so yeah, I am I am not – A.J. Green drives me nuts. I have lost uh, – I ain't even getting into that. I, that yeah, I'm not touching him at all. Um Anyway, so now I'm upset because I'm thinking about AJ Green. So I got gotcha. you. So it's <laughs> yeah, just a full avoid for me. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's speed this thing up a little bit. So that uh, puts Chris over at pick three. Chris, who are you going with, sir?
4: Um. So with the first pick, I got Dobbins. So I've got a running back. My tendency is usually to go running back heavy. Um, but I'm hoping that my craptastic team that finished third to last, uh, had at least someone else. Uh, I think my favorite guy left on the board is Benzel Mims. So I'm going to go with him. Um, I am on the other side of this. I kind of like his landing situation. I don't like his coach. I love his quarterback. I think Sam Donald is special. Um, he's still really young. He's younger than Joe Burrow. Uh, I think he's the same age as Josh Allen. He's younger than Lamar. He's younger than a lot of these guys. Uh, and I think he's got a lot of talent. He has no number one receiver. Uh, I think Denzel Mims is more talented than Robbie Anderson was. I don't expect him to blow it up this year. I don't. But I think he can develop into a number one. And when you have a good quarterback and you're the number one receiver for him, that is fantasy uh I don't want to say magic, that sounds corny, but <laughs> it's what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, fantasy goodness, that's what you're sure. looking for.
4: Yeah, so I, I like his situation because I believe in Darnold. If you don't believe in Darnold, uh, this is a real crap fest.
5: See, I, I thought about him at 12, and the only reason I didn't was what you mentioned in his coach, Adam Gase. I didn't want to be a part of that. Mm. But you are right, I, I do love the spot. There's not that alpha receiver he has to worry about. And one of the things I do love about, about Darno <laughs> Are you talking Perriman's about Rashad Perriman? There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson Crowder's one. the yeah. number one this year. <laughs>
1: yeah, Crowder's gonna get a lot of those uh those targets and but you know what's funny is Denzel Mims coming out of college. You know who you're reminding me of? <laughs> Rashad Perriman. So it's kind of funny <laughs> that both of these guys <laughs> end up on slower. the same team. Yeah, so Mims I, plays
3: slower. He he Mims confuses me. He, he 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 ran a pretty decent time, but he, it, to me, it just looks like he plays slow.
2: Yeah, the tape on him does look slow. I agree with you there. Yeah,
1: they yeah, the, picked him. The they only... picked him apart a little bit more than a lot of other receivers um, when draft was around. So he's a good yeah. ball guy, though, and that's good for touchdowns.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only the only thing I was going to say, I was going to add to the Sam Darnold narrative is that he's not afraid to take risks with his passes. And Denzel Mims is the guy that's going to win those contested catches. So I do like that about his landing spot.
3: Yeah, he has a huge catch radius. The guy made every catch.
4: Yeah. I won't be surprised if he gets five or six touchdowns as a rookie, but only like 25 catches.
1: Yeah, I could see something like that. He might be a nice little best ball guy to have late in your draft, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, some big plays here and there, so. Well, all right. Well, Tommy, that puts you up at the plate, man. You you went C.D. Lamb first. Uh, you went Michael Pittman second. So where are you going here in a in a second round I'm here? Going, I'm going. I'm gonna go to a Tagovailoa here. all right. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of I high school, it. the guy
3: was the the stud going to Alabama. I mean, he he came into the national championship game and won it for them. Um, he's he has a little bit of a injury history, of course, but um that could be a concern for almost anybody um he has to stay, he obviously has to stay on the field stay healthy but if he if he does that i think he's undoubtedly a franchise quarterback
1: yeah i'm a two a fan I, I like both of these quarterbacks in this draft um i just hope and pray that he can stay healthy because if he does <clears throat> i think he would have been the number one pick in the draft i think he would have been the first quarterback in, in front of burrow so i agree I agree. Matter of yeah. fact, Mox, Mox last
3: year at this time had him going number one overall. So, I think, I think in Miami he has decent enough targets, and I think he's going to have a good season.
1: All right. Well, Rob, where are you going? You at Cam Akers uh, in the fifth pick in the first round. So, where are you going with the fifth pick here?
2: I think I'm going to go with another wide receiver here, and I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco. And just about what I talked about earlier, I know everyone's saying Debo's going to be back by week one. Uh, I honestly feel like with him, with that injury that's kind of up in the air, even if he is back by week one, the practice that Iuke is going to get with first team reps is going to be enough to warrant him getting on the field. So you're going to see immediate production out of Iuk. Now it's not going to be something crazy just because he's not going to be the number one receiver. We already established that that's George Kittle and then Debo. But I think Ayuk is really, really talented, and I love the fact that he landed in San Francisco, and you're going to see that offense open up a whole lot more this year. So uh, I'm going with Ayuk here in the uh, fifth pick of the second round.
1: It's a good value. I'm not worried. The Debo Samuel thing, listen, he may come back week one, week two, week three, but he's still going to have to get back into football shape. Uh, prove that he's healthy so it might take him a little longer to get going but really he was more of they were just trying to get the ball in his hands either they were doing pitches to him or whatever it was I still see Iuke being that you know that kind of number one as far as wide receiver that they have Uh, Debo's kind of the trick you know he's he's kind of a I don't know uh, a what do they call that? You know, he's a jack of all trades. Gadget. And yeah, you know, like that gadget player, and they just get the ball in his hands. But I still don't think they have that true wide receiver, and I believe that that is why they took Ayuk, and he could be that guy for them. So I, I like the. De- I hope Debo's there um, because I think that's only going to help Brandon Ayuk. You know, it's going to take some pressure off of him.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. That's a lot of people to try to pay attention to in that offense.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Absolutely i'm a niner fan i'll be surprised if he's not starting by week two or three he's better than born
2: yeah yeah uh, yeah that's upsetting because i got kendrick born a, a lot of places
3: so we'll, we'll just i think we'll see what several happens. wide receivers that are better than kendrick born
1: yeah mm-hmm. well all right well alex uh in the first round at the sixth pick you took uh deandre swift so uh where are you going with the sixth pick here in the second
5: I am gonna go back to the running back well and take the take the take one for the team and I'll take a shot on uh, Kishan Vaughn down there thank in Tampa you. Bay with thank Tom you. Brady. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I didn't wanna um, have to he, like face
2: him later. He just keeps falling and he would have kept falling. Yeah.
5: It's just I think I think he's got that pass catching ability that Tom Brady's gonna look for. I don't think Daria Gumballale is gonna stay there in that role. And Keshawn Vaughn coming out was supposedly, according to PFF, the third best pass blocking running back. And, you know, Bruce Arians, he's important. He cares about that. So when you got somebody that's 43 and Tom Brady dropping back to pass, you want to make sure he's protected. They did that with the line. I think Vaughn has a chance to step in there and show that he can pass protect. Well,
3: he's 53. also a proven runner. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons at Vandy
5: yeah that too and he's running in the secs so i mean we are talking about top talent all around him so i'll take that shot here in the second round
1: <laughs> i thought the police were coming to get you for make that for making that pick <laughs> i heard of his darn ambulance or something in the background there
5: i don't know what's going on yeah that's
2: because someone somewhere is having a heart attack that Keyshawn vaughn was taking already <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, how did he fall this far? Oh, we got to go pick someone up. Oh, man, that that puts me up at pick seven, and I'm having a hard time with this. I don't know, uh, gosh almighty, where I'm going to yeah, go.
2: I hear you over there clicking away. I'm like, oh, he's, he's trying to figure out who he's taking. Well,
1: I'm typing in these results and everything so I can share it. Um, but gosh almighty, I... I I can't tell you where I'm going to go with this, but uh, I'm going to have to probably go Brian Edwards with the Raiders.
3: Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think he's got a lot of potential there. And, um, yeah, like you were saying, you didn't think that uh, Henry Ruggs was the best receiver on that team. um, But I could see a lot of opportunity. You know, Brian Edwards could really take over. Uh, on that team but um you know that's I that's the route i'm he, going he's the most skilled wide receiver on that team
2: mm-hmm. uh, he's he's the best for sure now henry ruggs is like more explosive but brian edwards is for sure a better wide receiver
0: yep
1: well, all right well uh matt that puts you up at pick uh number
0: eight you yeah let me let me first say i i don't want to make this pick because I am a Devin Singletary truther, but I am gonna go oh. Zach Moss. Gonna go, gonna go, Zach Moss, man. I mean, they're they're uh, they're two totally different guys. I don't as much as I love Singletary. Uh, I don't think he's going 20 touches a game. Uh, he's 5'7", 200. Zach Moss is kind of a bit a uh, bit more of that bruiser at 5'10", uh, 222. I don't know if he'll necessarily play at 222. Uh, but he definitely is the bigger back. He uh, probably could at some juncture take in the goal line uh, work there in Buffalo. So, uh, you know, he's got an opportunity out of the gate to kind of split there with Singletary. It's a pretty good offense there, good opportunity. And uh, at this point in the draft, I'll go ahead and roll the dice with Zach Moss.
1: Not bad, not bad. I, I don't blame you one bit there. Uh, they don't like uh, Singletary for some reason. I, I, I don't uh, it get breaks it. breaks my heart, man. I know it's 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 uh, it's awful. Well, all right. So uh, that puts you up to the plate, there, Chris. I'm really mad he took Zach Moss. Uh, he's one of my he's one of my
4: favorites. Uh, I'm grabbing him everywhere I can. I think he's super talented. I love that pick. Uh, and it just throws me for a loop because at 21. I already drafted a receiver with the first pick. I'm a running back guy. Uh, I love to go running back. I'm going to play a little bit of fiction here and say that my playoff-worthy team had Aaron Jones on it. Uh, And so... I also want to piss someone off and take Chase Claypool. Uh, Just... (laughs) Just don't to you piss do somebody it? Off. Don't, don't
5: you do it. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh.
2: We're gonna cut this podcast short. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so is that
4: how you're going uh, with you
1: going with Claypool or are you going AJ Dillon? What are
4: you doing? Oh, there? Nah. I'm gonna pretend I have Aaron Jones and go ahead and take AJ Dillon just because I want I want a running back on this team, uh, because I took receiver first. There's really not an established running back. Uh, that I want that now that Moss is gone that I feel awesome about. Um, I thought about Josh Kelly because I think he could uh, relatively early takes the goal line snaps in San Diego or in Los Angeles, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I wrote an article earlier on Aaron Jones in this Green Bay backfield. I think A.J. Dillon will probably end up with probably 30% of the carries uh, his rookie year. I think that they're going to give him on goal on carries, and I won't be at all surprised if Aaron Jones is gone in the next year or two. That hurts my heart because I like Aaron Jones a lot. I think he's really talented. I think he's probably better than most running backs in the NFL, but they don't want to make him their number one guy. And if you've got uh, Aaron Jones and you're drafting in a dynasty – you may as well grab AJ Dillon because I think he's going to be the one who gets the goal line touches and a majority of the touches if Jones goes down.
1: Yeah, I don't think Green Bay likes people named Aaron. <laughs> True. <laughs> we'll see. I don't love him, but... I don't know. Does anybody know what AJ stands for? I hope his first name isn't Aaron. <laughs> I have no idea. Nope, I, I see it. It's Algiers Jamel William Dillon. All right. So he's safe. His name's not Aaron. Yeah, you didn't guys. already know that? No. He's yeah. safe. His name's not Aaron, so he's safe there in uh, in Green Bay. They're not gonna try and <laughs> piss him off. He's just big and I think that they seem
4: nervous about giving Jones the workload because of I don't know, maybe his size. So maybe that they a second round pick on Dylan was such an investment when they need receivers yeah yeah <laughs> it blew me away that's true. so maybe,
2: NFC or nfc north drafting it's they the must best. like
1: him i don't they must like him i don't know I, I guess they see him as the the potential uh replacement there so right um that's the only that's the only way i can see it so yeah. Well, all right, so if you have Jones, he's a, he makes sense. Mhm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And at this point, you know, we're 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 drafting in kind of the second half of the second round. Um so yeah, you, you're trying to be smart about what you have. If if you do if you're an Aaron Jones owner, then absolutely jump on AJ Dillon just to be safe, you know, play it safe. I mean, yeah. Every everybody else is such a stretch and and you know, a lottery ticket at this point, you know, try and play it safe. So I did think about Gibson in Washington as well. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't trust anything in that backfield right now. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, hey, Tommy, you're up. Uh, you know, in the first round at pick ten, you took Michael Pittman. Uh, so, where are you going uh, with the tenth pick here in the second?
3: Well, I was very tempted to anger Rob again tonight, but um, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm I'm, I'm going to uh, take Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, the wide receiver. I just think it's a uh, it's an example of a of the rich getting richer uh, with. Tampa Bay uh, they are just loaded at the wide receiver spot now with with uh, Mike Evans and uh,
1: Godwin and, 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 Godwin and, and, out, Gronk. and Tyler Godwin yeah,
3: oh, yeah. And Gronk um, yeah they are they're absolutely stacked there and Tyler Johnson was an All-American at Minnesota for crying out loud I mean he he is a stud <laughs> he's gonna step in step into that team and be their, their number three receiver right away I think he's gonna be fantastic
1: All right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, a little bit of a reach, but it could certainly pay off. At this point, you're just taking uh, people that you prefer. And there's definitely a lot of talent. He fits. uh, He fits that offense well. And, you know, hey, he could end up maybe being the next. uh, uh, Well, what's his face up in uh, New England? uh, Little slot guy. Julian Edelman, Julian, Julian Edelman. Edelman. Edelman, yeah, or Wes Welker, yeah. I, I drew a blank there for some reason. Like I don't know who Edelman is. Or Danny Amendola, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same,
4: same, same, same,
1: same. Exactly. So that could be a it could be a sneaky little pickup uh, here. So yeah.
4: Does anyone think Tampa runs a lot of twelve May a twelve
1: setups right this year? I don't. I don't. No. I, I I think they will at times, but I don't think it'll be the primary offense. I think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna put Godwin all over the place and uh, you know have mismatches for him. and I think he's going to be the go-to guy there for, uh, for Brady. Um, I think Godwin's gonna have a ridiculously incredible year um, and it's gonna hurt people like Mike Evans. I, I, I've voiced my opinion on on what this does for Mike Evans, but um, but yeah, I, I, I could see them running that a little bit um, because they do have some good tight ends there. Um, but then that kind of messes them up as far as the slot receiver and stuff. So,
3: I mean, I th- I, if you look at it, they got three really good pass-catching tight ends. Now they have three really good pass-catching wide receivers. I th- I think they're loaded there. I don't think there's any way that they don't just sling the ball all, all around the field.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the thing is, too, even if they do go to, like, that 12 personnel, I was looking at stats last year when that started becoming a thing that people were talking about, and – the team that ran it the most still only ran it forty-seven percent of the time. So you're even if a team is talking about going twelve personnel, you're still going to see more eleven personnel with the three wide receivers than you are two tight ends.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that puts you up, uh, Rob. Should I go ahead and pencil you in for uh, for uh, your boy over there in Minnesota, Claypool? In Minnesota. I mean, not Minnesota. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. My fat. My fault. I was looking at something. Man. All right. Yeah. So definitely <coughs>
2: Chase Claypool. This guy. Yeah, this is like a. I. I cannot miss. You got to think about what Pittsburgh does with wide receivers. They're not exactly bad at drafting wide receivers. So you get this guy from Notre Dame, who's six foot four, two hundred and thirty eight pounds, and runs a four four two forty. Not to mention, he's really nimble and can run routes like nobody's business. I I, I hate to say it, but I honestly feel like Juju's kind of on his way out the door. And that's because they found Chase Claypool. And I love them both, but I think Claypool, this is dynasty. Claypool is going to be the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh uh, in the next two years. And you can argue Deontay Johnson, and Deontay Johnson is a great weapon. Um he is going to be a stud as well so you could have two wide receiver one production type players on pittsburgh at the same time and you're going to see that this year with juju and deontay and then next year unfortunately i think juju gets traded away and chase claypool steps up but claypool for sure is a monster and you're going to see just nothing but production from
1: him for the next i don't know you name it years yeah, he's got all the talent in the world, and you know I'm a Notre Dame guy, and and I love the guy, and I think I, I see big, big things there in Pittsburgh for him. But it's one of those situations, like you said, you hit it right on the head. You've got to be a little patient. Don't expect something uh, from him, uh, you know, too much from him this season. This is the this is a long play here. You right, know, right. Be, you know, put him on your taxi squad, stash him away, however you can um and 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 just understand that this is a project but it's one that's that's most likely going to pay off and someone just got hit by a car
5: what is going on hey edit
1: that out my mic just fell (laughs) i'm not editing that out at all that's staying in Uh, oh that's great I don't even know how
2: the hell that happened. Yeah,
1: I know exactly how it happened. You were talking about Chase Claypool. You got excited. It happens. Oh,
2: goodness. No. Oh, that's exactly how that happened. All right. I'm just going to mute myself for a few minutes here and figure this out. All
1: right. (laughs) So we're going to move on to Alex. Alex, Mm -hmm. you took LaVisca Chenault uh, with the 12th pick in the first round. So where are you going in the second round here? Yeah.
5: I am going to go back to that receiver well. uh, I listened to your last podcast where Rob was talking about how excited he was about Drew Locke with his weapon, so I'm going to go to that pool and go ahead and take K.J. Hamler, that speed demon. Um, I'm hoping with this pick that Denver starts to throw the ball more. Uh, We don't really know what they're going to do with that offense when they, they draft a whole bunch of pass catchers, but they also go ahead and sign... Melvin Gordon so I'm not sure what to expect with that offense but end of the second round I won my championship last year I got my guy in the first round that I liked for the talent I'm gonna just stick to that and go with KJ Hamler here the speed freak
1: yeah that's actually a pretty solid pickup I mean you're looking uh, we're at the tail end of the second round here so you're a lot of these are lottery tickets and and that could be that's a big play guy they drafted him to be maybe their version of Tyreek Hill since they play him a couple of times a year. You know, they're trying to find that big play guy. Um, I don't know if the volume's ever going to be there for him because of the other guys, but the other guys being there with with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, it's certainly going to create single coverage for him. And um, with him pounding the rock, uh, it could open things up. He could take the top off the defense and, uh, you know, really win those one-on-one battles and, and, and really have some – pretty big plays so i think that's a pretty smart pickup here at this point in the draft i mean you're looking for upside and and there's some good upside there
5: so take we're it. on to third now
1: yeah we're in a third round pick number one and i this is another lottery ticket that i'm gonna have to play for the long haul here because i have my personal opinions about a particular running back in Tennessee may not be there much longer, so I'm going to take Darrington Evans, um, and mm-hmm. I'm going to stash him because I think that Derrick Henry may not be in Tennessee much longer, um, and this could be the heir apparent that takes over for him. And I'm taking him, stashing him away, and uh, you know, hoping that you know this little seed grows into a beautiful, beautiful flower for me next year. <laughs> <laughs> I like it mm-hmm well all right so that puts up matt at pick number two so where are you going buddy
0: well i am gonna head back over to uh pittsburgh and i am going to take a shot on anthony mcfarland jr mm-hmm. um james connor likely to be uh, on his way out the door in pittsburgh obviously he has been uh hard to to keep on the field over the last couple of seasons uh, obviously Benny Snell is in front of him as well, but I think Benny Snell is kind of just a guy. So McFarland is one of those, uh, he kind of gives me a little bit of Tariq Cohen vibe in that he, he might uh, find his way into the slot there uh, in Pittsburgh here and there on some plays. Um, you know, I don't project anything huge for him early, so you're going to have to sit there and wait. Uh, but he is explosive when he gets the ball in his hands. So uh, still like the offense, like the situation, might have to overcome a couple of obstacles, but... That's where I'll go with this pick. Right. Uh,
2: we talked about what game speed looks like when we were talking about 40 times earlier. And if you watch this guy take off running, it's just ridiculous. Like he catches the ball, cuts and runs, and he's just gone. Like He makes people look stupid on the field. And, and I really enjoyed watching him. Let's not also forget that he came out of college. Um, yeah, he's 22 years old, but he was only a sophomore there. So I don't know what the disconnect was with the age and going to college. It could have been that he was at a junior college before or whatever. I don't know. but He had off-field issues. Okay, yeah. so there was that. And I, I think that Pittsburgh has an in in Maryland. They do. Right, because Mike Tomlin's son goes to school there, plays football there. Right, and uh, we have coaching staff that's come from Maryland. Don't you you have a
1: safety from Maryland? And you did have Darius Hayward Bay there for a while. Right. So we we, we, –
0: Darius Darius,
1: Hayward Bay. He lives. Darius Hayward Bay lives. (laughs) He does.
2: He made it onto a podcast. Yes, he did. Um, More than once. Yeah, yeah, it was twice now. Um, But but basically, yeah, Anthony McFarland, and I agree with – you said Benny Snell's just a guy. He didn't have a great – yards per carry it was like 3.9 last year when James Conner was out Jalen Samuels is the obvious pass catching back but I think that Anthony McFarlane is kind of like a do-it-all back yeah,
0: yeah I he think gets- he's right out of the <laughs> gate their most explosive guy and I do think oh, yeah. for folks that are you know looking at James Conner this year I think they should have a little bit different expectation. I think this is more by committee than it's going to have looked like in the last couple of years for Pittsburgh. And that's where I see, you know, McFarlane getting on the field. And if he starts making these electric plays, it's going to be hard to get him off.
2: Yeah. And I I had a whole discussion on this just kind of by myself on, uh, the backer of Steelers show, Uh, I had a running back room episode, so that it was, it was kind of like a whole long winded spiel about that. But, um, I do think the Pittsburgh goes running back by committee and you can get some immediate value, uh, out of Anthony McFarland this year.
4: Yeah. So I, I am not the Steelers expert. Uh, so I don't want to step on toes on that issue. Uh, I've, a couple of things I did want to address first. I think it what I had, I thought it was interesting too, that they have an in with Maryland. And the reason I think that was interesting was because several people in the draft process, took McFarlane completely off their boards because they said he was a huge character problem and a bad locker room presence. So it's interesting they have that in and that he was okay with their staff because I I read a number of reports saying that a lot of scouts and a lot of people were saying he was a malcontent uh, and an issue. And that's very interesting. And and it
2: is interesting. And I think maybe it's because that uh, Dino Tomlin goes there and right. maybe they'd have conversations with him and said look this is how we run things in pittsburgh uh we want you right. but you gotta you gotta be right so we'll see what happens right. i mean if he is if he does have character issues that stuff doesn't take long to pop out right and pittsburgh is well, not going to sit there and while. play with it <laughs> yeah well, well, right right but brown was also getting paid a lot of money you, th- right. he was and, not on and, a rookie and, contract right. right and it may be a head
4: injury that's causing all this anyway yeah, I think he's got that, that CTH real bad, and it's sad. Yeah. I, always, I thought it was an ironic, actually, that the Raiders added Perfect, who I thought may have actually been responsible for Brown's yeah. antics in uh, in Raidersville. So yeah. uh, I don't know that I see Connor on the way out 100%, and I, I know I don't have my finger on the pulse of the Steelers. I know Tomlin did say... Connor's their guy and he wants to have a lead uh mm-hmm. this summer and uh, so I'm I am picking up Connor it, he's fallen around six in a lot of drafts and I like that value there oh, absolutely that's value. oh that's
2: an incredible now, value what happens yeah. when he comes out and is healthy he said for once like he doesn't feel weak when he works out he's actually healthy his immune system is back to where it needs to be yeah like the guy is he's rocked up and <laughs> James James is gonna be balling i mean it's just a matter of like everyone's worried about his health and let's just hang on and see what happens
4: yeah i just i i have a gut feeling i think he sticks around i like connor i hope he does well um
1: and he's been he's been vocal i mean connor's been vocal that he wants to stay in pittsburgh um and so to me that that says he'd be willing to work with him as far as a contract and maybe give them um that flexibility to have him and bring on some other people because Pittsburgh always, you know, for the last couple of years has had some, some contract and, and salary cap issues. So if he wants to stay there, he's probably going to have to take a little bit of a um, below value type of deal. Um, Cause we know how these running backs are getting paid now. So um, he's, he, I think that he'll stay there in my opinion. Um, and uh, but still McFarland will be that, I think he's a big play uh, potential guy and listen uh Connor hasn't been able to stay healthy so uh McFarland could really really take over at that point and and like you say the cream always rises to the top and he could be the most more explosive player especially in that offense and that's what they need um so yeah I mean he could take over because of a Connor injury so it's not a bad pickup especially at this point in a in a rough no, draft not at all. You know special at this point so well all right well that moves us to chris um you listen you took uh the third pick in the first you took uh jk dobbins then you took denzel mims in the second right so where are you going here with the third pick in the uh third round i had my eye on a few
4: guys um i am gonna go with van jefferson uh, uh, I, I like that
5: mm-hmm.
4: i, yeah. I uh, he he had a really good senior bowl uh, uh his film reminded me a little bit of a small, uh, slower Robert Woods, and so I think it's very interesting he ends up there. I think he could replace Woods in the next couple of years. Uh, and if he is a number one or two receiver playing for McVeigh, uh, that's going to be fantasy points. And uh, in round three, you know, if he doesn't work out, that's fine. I'm stashing him for later. Uh, I think he'll probably jump Reynolds' Pretty early in this process.
5: Oh, I, I like that pick a lot. And I I remember seeing a couple articles actually that said that the comp to for Van Jefferson was Robert Wood, so it is interesting yeah. that he ends up there. Yeah. Especially I like the fit a lot. Can, yeah, he can and they were if I remember correctly, the Rams were pretty short on draft stock, so they they spent a lot in picking him where they did.
4: I don't like the pick for them. They should have got offensive line, all draft. <laughs> I like the fit for him. Yes, absolutely.
5: I agree with that 100%. Well, all
1: right. So, Tommy, you took C.D. Lamb uh, at the fourth pick in the first round, and you took Tua in the second round. So what are you looking at here in the third?
3: I think I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. Um, nice. He uh, – he never really played running back while he was there. Um, I think he's going to transition to that in Washington. Um, he was more of a wide receiver, but he, he, he did take a lot of end to rounds and did run the ball a little bit there. Um, I think uh, he kind of fits the mold of like a Chris Thompson, which, is, which would fit well in Washington. Plus, with that backfield, you just never know who's going to be healthy.
5: Well didn't you hear too he's the next Christian McCaffrey?
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy yeah. yeah. Boy, that came out about a month and a half ago and people were yeah. getting all kinds of moist over him to say the least. That's a good word. Yep. Yeah. He's got uh, good Washington. size.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Rob, that puts you up to the plate. You went Cam Akers in the first. You went Brandon Iyuk in the second. So where are you going here?
2: Well, uh, once again, uh, I, I think, man, I just don't, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to go with some talent going over to the Chargers and take Justin Herbert. There you go. So <laughs> I, I feel like this is a great place. Uh, it's good value for Herbert right here. Um, And this is kind of where I've seen him going in other rookie drafts too. Not super flex again, super flex. He's going way earlier, but I I honestly feel like he's talented enough that he's going to take the starting role uh, probably by week three or four uh, out there in LA for the chargers. And that some of that is dependent on whether or not they get to actually practice and play together prior to the season starting. If he doesn't get an opportunity to do, to do that, it's going to be later in the season. So, But eventually, uh, Justin Herbert is the guy there.
1: Yeah, that's exactly who I was hoping would fall to me. Uh, I mean, right now we're taking a bunch of lottery tickets in the third round, and Justin Herbert's about probably the most guaranteed to be a producer. Here, you know with uh he's oh, yeah. definitely been drafted to take over that starting role so it's it's going to happen at some point so if you're here in the third round and you're you're taking these guys you don't know much about or you don't know what kind of role they're going to have i mean this is probably the most guaranteed uh pick you can get here so that's a that's a great great pick there
5: yeah you took him right out from in front of me that's who i was eyeballing this whole time
1: so so I guess Alex that puts you up so what's your backup plan here it
5: does so my backup plan I'm going to stay true to form I took running backs with my first two picks so I'm going to go back to Los Angeles and take Josh Kelly because I think that's a great (sighs) value pick at this point (laughs) (laughs) we mentioned him before (laughs) we mentioned him before with him potentially taking over that Melvin Gordon role um they initially had their backfield split someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was something like 55, 35, 10 between three running backs. And I think that Austin Eckler, the contract he signed, I don't think they're going to give him 55 to 65% of that workload. And he's going to take a lot of passes. They split him out wide a lot last year. I think Josh Kelly has the chance to be that, that running back that they're looking for on first and second down. Maybe it's a trap back, but you've got that shot. If he gets that goal line work in that offense and Herbert or Tyrod Taylor, whoever the quarterback is, if they can move the ball at all. And I think they want to run it out there in Los Angeles with that defense that they've kind of tried to put together over the last couple of years.
1: Well, That's, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I mean, that's exactly a, you know, a lot of people's opinion on that. So, yeah, I agree there. Anybody uh, disagree with that pick? I mean, what do they think about Josh? Who, who got sniped there? Who got mad? I did. I did. I was watching Kelly, too.
4: Yeah. I like the pick. That's a good pick. Yep. I right. love how invested everybody
2: is in this, that they're just angry at a mock draft. At a mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. You guys are yep. you guys are kicking ass. This is great.
1: Yep. All right. Well, that puts, uh, that puts me up at pick seven. I took Jerry Judy here, and I took Edwards in the second round, and I'm going to make a little bit of a homer pick. And I'm going to go. Who do you think I'm going to go with here? You're going cool. I, got I got this. Um, the, it's going to be DuVernay. Nope. It's going to be he's Devin DuVernay. Duvernay. Oh, Boom. That is absolutely correct. Listen, Baltimore, you know, they have uh, uh, Willie Sneed playing the slot there. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, he, he's dependent. But listen, I, I see DuVernay being a guy that could most definitely take over uh, that slot um, after this year. And being a, a pretty nice little producer uh, for Baltimore, and at this point, that's what we're looking for is guys that will have a role. Now, I will tell you, uh, I did have a running back right here in mind, but it's a running back that I think falls into the fourth round. If you're if you're drafting four or five rounds, um, that I really think has a, a decent uh, potential as far as the future, a nice little lottery ticket. But I'll say that at the end because I don't know who else, who's going uh, going with who here. Um, but yeah, D- Duvernay—it's just a homer pick. But I, I see there being plenty of opportunity for him. He's—he's he's a great player. He's got great hands. Um, I think he could produce a lot in this in this offense and and, and help you out. You know, be a nice little bye week uh, replacement for you. So I don't Steve think Smith I don't think senior, he's the. Junior. I don't think so. No, I don't think he's the best wide receiver that Baltimore drafted. You like James, James Bro- Prochet. You is like so Prochet. much
2: better than Duvernay. Well, James Prochet was a monster.
1: And I he like just Prochet fell too. and
2: fell and fell, and I'm picking up Prochet in like the fourth round of all my rookie drafts. Like I have him on almost every team.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is I would be taking uh, Prochet in like the fourth round. Um, I like, think I could. I,
2: I think that Duvernay is getting overdrafted.
1: The hype's too much. I just I don't I, I don't see it. Well, I've not seen a whole lot of Duvernay hype, but uh... <laughs> no,
2: but but his draft spot. Yeah, if I mean, being third, a thir- third round over the fourth round, I, that's that's kind of significant given this year's wide receiver class. And maybe
1: that's because he went to Texas and he had a little bit more exposure and people a little bit more familiar with him. Um and he I had think a great, that
5: has a lot to do with it. You know, and he yeah. had a good
1: bowl game and, and, and you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it could be the thing, but that's the thing. You're you know, in these drafts, you're you're doing your research, you're doing some digging and and just like you said, if if you think James Proce is a guy, but you want he may want to go with a different pick here and get something uh that's a little bit more steady and then you know you can get that value with Prochet in the fourth. You don't want to take Prochet here. Um, you might have to take like a Duvernay here and then you're still gonna wait to, to get Prochet there in the fourth, so yeah. Well,
4: some of thought. the thinking too. Some of the thinking too is Prochet might compete on the outside with Boykin and Brown, and Duvernay may have less competition in the
1: slot. Mm-hmm. I think he's the heir apparent. I think he takes over that slot after Willie. I mean, they they signed Willie Snead right. to another year, um, but they could probably cut him. Um, they are going to need to lock up some some guys there in Baltimore with those tackles and Marlon Humphrey. They've got some guys they really need to sign and. uh someone like a Willie Snead and a Brandon Williams and even maybe a, a Mark Ingram can be uh can kind of be cap casualties uh for them so mm-hmm. you know you could see him taking over that that starting role so, next year so he has less competition for snaps than Proshiam might too is part of the yeah. math there that that's that's mm-hmm. how i feel about it you know i think he's got a little bit more of a uh a path to to producing sooner than later so. maybe i mean we'll see only time will tell Mm-hmm. We should do a, do a water bet. Yep, yep, we'll have to do that. So, Well, all right, Matt, well, you're, up to, uh, you're up to the plate. You have the eighth pick here. You took Jalen Rigger in the first. You took Zach Moss in the second. So where are you going here in the third?
0: Yeah, I'm going to reach past a few guys here. I don't know if this is the guy that you were talking about or not being a little bit of uh, a lotto pick, but I actually got him in the fourth round of a rookie draft uh, a couple of months ago, and I'm going to go with Eno Benjamin um he gets to stay there in his home state he's in a uh, a pretty good offense and if you look at the arizona running back spot if you took their starters over the course of last season for the entire year just their starters so whether it was david johnson uh Kenyon drake or the one week of chase edmonds that you got uh you got the running back three so they're doing the running back position correctly there in arizona to say the least so he's definitely gonna need some help uh, in terms of injuries as far as getting on the field but the situation is good, and at this point, you know, you're reaching for that lotto ticket that you yep. mentioned. So, going to Eno Benjamin. Yeah, the third like round it. here, he's a
3: great stash. Mm. Yeah,
5: absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, let's see. That puts you up, Chris. You took uh, you took Jefferson in the first. You took A.J. Dillon in the second. So, where are you going here in the third?
4: Uh, I'm going to guess this is the guy you were talking about. I'm taking Lynn Bowden, Jr., Um, I think that he is interesting. I'm going to guess that he is going to be a tool they use. 1,468 rushing yards last year in the SCC. Uh, He has experience at receiver. Um, I think that he could be the replacement for uh, all the backups they have there behind Jacobs, and I think they'll use him probably in formations with Jacobs in the backfield. Uh, I think that he... This probably ends up being the handcuff to Josh Jacobs as well, Uh, and I think he could see some usage in the slot uh, coming out uh, wide. I think he'll probably steal some of those DeAndre Washington touches from last year, and he'll end up being the RB2 in that uh, backfield pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, that's pretty wild. We've taken, Mm -hmm. now we've taken four, is that four uh, Raiders? Or is that, no, Van Jefferson was a Ram, never mind. I was thinking we took four Raiders in these first three rounds. That's crazy. So.
2: God, I would hope not. But they did draft well.
1: They did. They did all right. That's Mike Mayock. I did not like their first pick. Yeah, a lot of people were shocked. That was a reach. Yeah. That was a reach. Well, all right, Tommy, I don't know uh, where you're going. You went Michael Pittman and Tyler Johnson first and second here, so where are you going in the third round? I'm going with your boy LaMichael P. Reiner. Right that's my guy Damn right it. there. Oh, Damn that's it. That's my Damn guy. He, Tommy knows me, man. He knows where I'm I know, I'm I know, go.
2: I know too, and I was going to take him because that's where I've been drafting him. Oh, I'm so <laughs> mad right now. <laughs> I got sniped I'm... twice in his draft.
3: <laughs> By me. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Um, He didn't have the greatest. He didn't have the greatest um, running back career at at Florida, but he showed last season. He's definitely able to catch the ball, and with Le'Veon Bell possibly on his way out of New York, um, I just think he has a kind of a clear uh, path to playing time there.
1: Yeah, I think it's. uh, you know, a blind man can see this, uh, no pun intended there, <laughs> Alex. But, you know, uh, Lev Bell's time is coming coming to an end, and he could be traded. If he has a couple of good games to start off the season, and I fully expect them to feed him the ball, I think they're going to look to ship him out. And, um, you know, Piran could, could take over sooner than later. So this, in my opinion, is the ultimate lottery ticket in the third round, and, and I've been getting him in the fourth round in a lot of drafts. Um, so I think maybe, but Rob and I have talked about this, Tommy, you and I have talked about this. So you both already know that I was a P. Ryan fan as far as a later round. So, um, yeah, but some of those other drafts, if no one knows, or if you're listening to this podcast um this is somebody you should target and there's no problem taking him in the third round don't wait too long take him in the third take heck you can take him in the top of the third for all i mean you're taking lottery tickets there anyways and this guy could be the ultimate lottery ticket for you he could end up being the starter by season's end um if everything goes right so
5: yeah yeah i like that pick a lot Mm -hmm.
1: well all right rob so let's uh wipe the tears Let's oh, get ga- no. let's gather ourselves and now, right, apologies, right. now. Apologies, Rob. Now that Ryan is so gone, you just, oh. I know it.
2: Hey, so- if we were doing this draft for real, I'd I'd legit be mad at you. I would make <laughs> everyone wait as long as my timer took. Like if I had like one minute left on the clock, that's when I would make my draft pick because I'd be so upset. But anyway, um, let's see here. I think I'm gonna have to go ahead and take a, a little stab at this because. I don't trust the tight end situation in Chicago, and I'm going with Cole Komet. Yeah. So that's, right. that's, you know, uh, two Notre Dame players I'm drafting in this, in this thing, and I'm not a Notre Dame guy <laughs> being a Penn State fan. You know, that's kind of blasphemy from back-in-the-day rivalries. But um, Cole Komet is uh, quite the stud tight end, and I think that he is going to wind up starting right there hand-in-hand with Jimmy Graham, which is, like, disgusting to say, but eventually he's gonna <laughs> outplay Jimmy Graham. He runs like he's got bricks in his shoes. But yeah. ghost
5: of Jimmy Graham.
2: Yeah. That I guy know. just
1: won't go away. He will not go away. But you know he's they away they're not Trey Burton. Yeah. Right. Right. So
2: but right now, um he's listed as the the like the tight end one Bravo basically as on a death chart with, with Chicago. So and and I trust that. I think Cole Komet is got all the talent in the world, and it's just a matter of landing spot. Um, it is kind of weird drafting a tight end in a non-tight end premium league. Uh, I, I kind of try, try to steer away from that just because it takes so long for tight ends to develop. But I think Cole Komet's going to be a sooner than later sort of developer.
1: And, and listen, who who better to learn from than Jimmy Graham, honestly. Absolutely. You know, and
2: um, then the, the opportunity there, though, is uh, they have Nick Foles. And Nick Foles loves some tight ends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know what the quarterback competition is going to, how that's going to work out there in Chicago. It could be Trubisky. It could be Foles. But, honestly, I think that, uh, I think Foles beats him out. And I don't know that that's saying much, but I think it's the truth. And you're going to see him using his tight ends. And if they can do two tight end sets just like Philly, yeah, you're going to see Cole Komet come out there and make some noise for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I think that this is more of a project. Uh, you know, we all know how these tight ends turn out. It, it takes some time. Um, you got to sit on them for a while, but this is one of those that I think you can sit on for, for a year and it's really going to pay off. I think, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham could probably show him quite a bit this coming season and then probably get cut. And then it's Cole Komet's show to take over. And, um, so it might be one of those, you're, like some of these players, a lot of these players now, you're stashing them and hoping that it pays off. But Cole Komet, I mean, you can't, there's not a better tight end uh, to go and grab. So it's a great spot to pick him up here in the, right at the end of the third round. I mean, what else are you grabbing? You know, I mean, he's he's the tight end one in the draft. Mm-hmm. So Well,
4: and when you're picking at 35, you maybe set it tight end with Kelsey or something and so you can just taxi him.
1: Absolutely, oh, yeah, for sure. right. Absolutely, You know, it's some of these guys you want to sit on and and hope that it uh, blossoms into something good. Well, all right, so that leaves us for our last (laughs) pick. Alex, you took Chenault in the first. You took K.J. Hamler uh, at the end of the second. So where are we going here to finish off this draft?
5: Uh, I am actually going to go back to the tight end. Well, part of this is because of what the Saints gave away to get him. I'm going to go Adam Troutman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints, they looked at their draft board and they're like, hey, this guy's falling. We're going to give you the rest of our draft. And they gave up their four, five, six, and seven to get him at the end of the fourth. So I, I'm going to go with Adam Troutman here. Um, it's interesting that we talked about Jimmy Graham because the Saints drafted Jimmy Graham and made him what he ended up being before he went to Chicago. for. I don't, I don't know how he got the contract he did. It was something like two years, $16 million or something like that. And I just, I, I know that at this point of the draft, you're taking a shot. And if I'm picking in this position, then I have, like I said in the last round, won my league. So I'm okay with stashing a player like this. And there's other guys you can stream at the position if you really are hurting that bad at tight end. So, yeah.
1: I'm and he's go learning time, from, anyway. and Jared Cook's there to, you know, to learn from. And, uh, right. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the. It's like so Cole Komet. You're stashing this guy away, and you know, just like any of these tight ends, like a TJ Hawkinson last year, and and guys like that, you can't expect big things out of them to start off with. You're you're sitting them, you're sitting them back, you're stashing them away, and waiting for them to uh, pay off in the long run. So Troutman exactly. could be a great target for Jameis Winston down the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: that's but that's hey, Winston
1: underused Howard.
5: You couldn't see him. <laughs> yeah, that's a valid point, Rob. I like it.
1: Um, in my opinion, in order for Troutman would have to play defensive back in order to uh, be productive with uh, Jameis Winston.
0: <laughs>
1: so you know that that's how that's going to go, and he doesn't you know run fifty yards downfield. So, well, all right, guys, that's a, that was some good stuff there. We went about uh, let's say about two hours, so you know uh, that's uh, that's quite a while. So. Hopefully uh, people didn't tune us out, <laughs> out for this. So, Or fast-forwarded to the third round and try to see where we went with that. So anyways, well, guys, we really appreciate your help. Um, you know, Matt, I appreciate you coming on the show there. Uh, I love your work over at DynastyProsFootball.com. Like I said, I encourage everyone to go give you a follow uh chris same thing with you chris gregory you're a great guy and 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 you got great work over there at roto appreciate baller it. yeah absolutely man tommy tommy good stuff as well we appreciate you being part of the podcast um alex bro yeah. good stuff there at dynasty pros uh as well looking forward to more of your stuff there um i appreciate you being part of this uh a part of this we we really appreciate having you on board as well man we feel uh we feel blessed and and we're glad to be uh you know glad to have you on board so
5: absolutely i appreciate it yeah anytime you guys want
1: me on absolutely man so uh uh with that being said rob you're my boy you're my bro you're my you're my my right hand man so um, we won't take up any more of anyone's time. We hope you enjoyed the show. I uh, hope this mock draft helps you all out, especially maybe in that second or third round, because eh, that first round is pretty much chalk uh, as it goes. So hopefully the second and third round picks help you out in the long run. Um, so for everybody here at the Dynasty Pros uh, Fantasy Show, we appreciate you listening to the show. And everyone, please, please, please stay safe out there.